permission to come aboard. Welcome to the Suicide Squadcast. This is a DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and small screen, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight, and let's get started. My name is Tim. And I'm Scott, and we are the Suicide Squadcast. Happy belated Halloween, Tim. Yes, thank you very much. And uh, uh, it was quite a day. Um, I actually, I hate to say this, but I was not a good father. I had to miss Halloween with my kids this week. Shame. I know. Shame. Insert Game of Thrones gif right here. Yes. Shame. (laughs) Shame. Yes, yes. And I'm just not going to let that happen again next year. But it just circumstances beyond my control right now. But uh, I did have a lot of fun with it because my my daughter went as a washing machine. (laughs) That is hilarious, actually. Which is hilarious, yeah. So it was a lot of fun. I had a little skeleton and a little T-Rex. Oh, okay. Very good. But the cutest thing, however, was watching the two-year-old, you know, say, tweet, go tweet. (laughs) And then once he got the candy, he would go, thank you. And then as he was walking away happy halloween yeah it's just like oh <laughs> oh by the time i got home from work um i got home the kids were already you know done and they had everything all spread out on the you know on the the family room floor and all that they had sorted all the candy and i was kind of sitting there watching i go you know i did this exact same thing as a kid don't you there was always like that there's the chocolate yep there's the stuff i'll think about <laughs> this is stuff that i throw away or give away because yep. i don't care about this at all and here's the pencils that my realtor neighbor you know always hands out that i don't care about <laughs> Seriously? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. We don't we we don't play that in our neighborhood. No, so. no, no. No. No, we get that. But um I used to have like right down the road from us as a kid, um, the the one guy was a distributor for Jay's and he used to always give out these big bags of chips. It was <sighs> it was it was awesome. So we'd was always, it all that in a bag of chips? It was that in a bag of chips. We'd okay, go back and hit it twice. You know, we'd we'd switch costumes and go back and get it again. <laughs> I understand. I understand. You know how the game's well, played. Yeah, of course we do. So, guys, um, kind of a uh, slowish news week with a couple of highlights. Uh, we're recording later in in the weekend because of lot, lots of life stuff. So yes, it was beyond our control. <laughs> beyond our control, and we're just sort of pushing this out, you know, when we can. So we appreciate your patience. But as always, we're to remind you that we are members of the Suicide Squadcast Network. Uh, that does include the DC Comic Squadcast with Chris and Jordan and uh, fans. Without Borders and DC TV Squadcast with Brent and Ray. All right. And uh, if you guys would like, uh, you can always go and help support the show and the network over at patreon.com slash squadcast media. And at the $5 level, you get lots of different extras. And uh, we've been a little quiet the past couple of weeks, but we have... No, we haven't. We actually haven't. I... From the Movie Squadcast, if you'd let me finish. Well, for Movie Squadcast, yes. <laughs> that, but we've not been quiet on content. There's actually been quite a bit of content no, I know that. in the last two weeks. Yeah. But I was going to say, we're about ready to uh, schedule our next movie review. Which is going to be Daredevil. Yeah. Yes. Theatrical and director's cut. Yes. Yes. That's going to be a fun one. Yes. All right. Well, uh, thank you to all of our patrons who already support us. And if you're interested in supporting us, please go to patreon.com slash squadcastmedia. Remember, it is that $5 a month tier that will get you all that extra audio content. Yes. So let's get on with the news. All right. Um, Aquaman's starting to kind of heat up just a little bit, but we got some kind of exciting news. Um, And I would say, did it actually hit today? It was, it was, it actually hit last night. Yeah, I was watching football, so I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> yeah, this 
this is comes this comes from James Wan, and he posted on Instagram. He said, you know, after two years of consuming and devouring my every waking hour, this little indie movie is finally done. It was a monster undertaking. I can't thank enough the amazing post team of visual effects, editorial, sound for working tirelessly around the clock, crazy long days, seven days a week for many many weeks without a day off towards making this a unique and beautiful film. Everyone poured their heart and soul into it, and I can't wait to share this December 21st. In the meantime, I'm going to go take a really, really, I think he said long nap. I cut it off right there. I'm about to say, come on. You, <laughs> Tim's just making up that last part. I'm making up that last really part. I, I actually don't know what he said at the very end there, but I'm sure it was pretty awesome. <laughs> no, but it's a it's a great picture, and it's a, a projection of the, um, the image of Jason Momoa in his gold Aquaman costume. And in front of it is a standing uh, James Wan, and I assume, I don't know who these people are exactly, but it, since he was me- mentioning visual effects and editorial and sound, I assume it's it's those folks. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm sure this is his post-production team. Yeah. Because he's basically saying the the movie's done. Yeah. It's, it's like, he, it's ready to go. Yep. Give it to me. Give it to me now. <laughs> so it sounds like, I mean, he's speaking to the U.S. audience who's December 21st, so it sounds like, um, sounds like it's still going to be that week for us. Yeah, but, you know, it's because it's continuing to be earlier for, like, everyone else around the world. I mean, this is going to be one of those rare times where, like, we're going to be the last people who get this movie. Yep. Uh, oh, well, st- shut off internet starting December. And by the way, I, I just wanted to confirm in real time, I am checking to find out what he finally said in the end of that. And it says, in the meantime, I'm going to take a really long nap now. So I was pretty close, actually. You were pretty close. I, was, I, was... I, I didn't have the now part. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I did enjoy um, David Sandberg's tweet about me, post picture of toys, parts <laughs> of the internet. And then there's that great conspiracy theory <laughs> the picture that we always see with, with the uh, the guy in the office. Oh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, that's where that's from? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that's just, it's funny because he did post a really funny picture of like Superman and Batman action figures with a Shazam action figure doing that whole like guy looking at the girl. It, yeah. was, it was funny. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. And by the way, I, you probably haven't seen this, but there is, um, and I don't know where this is being shown at, but it's some display somewhere where they're actually showing a video clip of Aquaman. So I'm kind of doubling oh. back on Aquaman. Okay. And uh, there's like new footage in there. And you actually get a really good look at the trench in it. And Ooh. so there's a there's a um, there's a, a tweet that's been floating around. Somebody actually took a, a video of this display as it was showing the, this video, and it's it's really really cool. That it looks awesome. It's the scene where you know we see uh, Jason and Mira. You know, I'm saying I'm mixing actors, <laughs> mixing, and, <laughs> mixing actors and characters. <laughs> uh, you see you see Arthur and Mira jumping off the boat with that red flare. It's yes. actually a scene preceding that. Okay. So cool. it's really, really cool looking. Well, and about an hour ago, uh, we're recording on a Sunday night tonight, uh, Todd Phillips just dropped another photo from the Joker film on Instagram, and it was uh, captioned, on set, five-minute break, and it's Joaquin Phoenix in full-on Joker just <laughs> kicking his feet up on a desk and smoking a cigarette. Yeah, when I first saw it, it's like, oh, this is just this is going to be an awesome scene in the film. And then I'm like, oh, it's actually, it sounds like it's just literally a picture offset, <laughs> which is unfortunate. I'm not so sure about that, though. I, uh, I, I don't well, know. I don't know. It says uh, it says onset, but a five minute break. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah, it's a it's a great image. It's definitely going to be the cover art. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, let's talk about some new some casting news that got me like super excited. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> McGregor you has been cast out. as Black Mask in Birds of Prey. Yes. <sighs> 
I have been wanting to have him in a DC film for quite a while. And this is going to be a great role for him. I love Ewan McGregor. Yeah. I mean, and I'm talking like I loved Ewan McGregor even even before, uh, you know, he was Obi-Wan in the Star Wars prequel movies. But uh, Train Spotting. Yeah. uh, Moulin Rouge. Right. You know, movies that I just absolutely adore. Yeah. And this is this is fantastic. I mean, if anything, it's just star power. I I never even I'm trying to think about him as Black Man mask because of course you think of black mask behind the mask but i'm like is he gonna do an american he's gonna do an american accent and it's but it's just it's you and mcgregor i don't care it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter yeah so the the real big question is gonna be like how far are they gonna take uh, roman sionis are they gonna you know are, are they gonna actually have him as just the mobster in this film and then eventually you know take on the black mask uh, persona himself we just don't really know or is he already gonna have the black mask yeah. persona when it starts i would i personally think that's the way they would go but you know, we'll we'll see. It's just kind of funny. Like you want you, you want to see his face. Like you know what I mean. He's just like he's got that much star power. You just don't you don't want to kind of like you, you don't want to like take away that part of him as an actor. So I don't know. I, I I'm guessing we're probably going to see both. Yeah. And then it was just funny because this is like the day after like this this big Kathy Yan interview dropped from Deadline because uh, she, she was speaking at the U.S. China Entertainment Summit at Skirball Cultural Center in Los Angeles. And you know this was like the first time that Kathy Yan's been able to really speak out about Birds of Prey. Yeah. And so when the moderator asked her how she scored the job, Yan simply said, I did my homework. And uh, she said that she immediately loved the script and it was something that she felt like she could find, she would, it felt like her own voice. And and here's some comments she said. Um, she said, I couldn't put the script down. It had so much dark humor. Uh, themes of female empowerment are strong and relatable. And she said, so I went into it with, not with confidence, but at least a sense that I belonged in the room, that somehow magically in terms of timing and luck, that this opportunity was open to me and I was definitely going to make the best of it. Yeah. I mean, she went on to say like, you know, it just came out of her. She's never done any of these things. Uh, It was asked her agents for examples to get a better sense. uh, And she put together a pitch uh, deck and then she assembled like a scissor reel. And I'm wondering like what that would have been if it's like talking about a scissor reel of her work with like her film Dead Pigs or she like... Like putting together like sometimes I wonder if they like put together different films saying this is the kind of take I want to try to do to try to give an idea of like what their approach would be just don't know um, but she said that it wasn't like a lot of other says reels which reference other films that remotely feel like your film I find those to be rather pointless <laughs> but I created my own version that thematically and tonally conveyed what you would feel in my movie so so it sounds like that is kind of like the approach the approach that she took and Yan did confirm on stage that they are their seeking an R rating for Birds of Prey. So she she has said, we, we had that one interview with Margot Robbie saying that, and now Kathy Yan has said that. So that's like a, yeah. that's like a, a, like that's their goal. Yeah. Or at least a goal as in, or at least they're not going to try to tone it down to make it fit into PG-13. Right. Yeah. No, this is, this is pretty exciting stuff. And, and I don't know if we've really talked about this before, but, it, you know, it was confirmed that uh, Matthew Libatique is actually going to be uh, the cinematographer for the film. And if you want to know who Matthew Libatique is, I'm sure you've seen some of his work. Uh, I'm just going to run through some of the more notable ones. Um, uh, the Fountain, Iron Man 1 and 2, Black Swan, A Star is Born, 
It's just out right now. Venom. Which is out just out right now. Yeah, Venom is out right now. Mother and Requiem for a Dream. Just to name kind of like a few that uh, are pretty much well known amongst this community. Well, and those are those are nice looking movies. They're really nice looking movies. They're yeah. really nice looking movies. Yeah. So I'm I'm really I'm I'm excited by that. I mean, I see a lot of Darren Aronofsky in there. So yeah. John Favreau. You I think know, he did Pie. That's that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm. This is this is gonna be fun. I'm, yeah. I I was always down for this movie, but I like the talent they're assembling for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that Libatique was asked. Basically, he was asked by GMA News, which is out of the Philippines, and he said, "What's next for you?" And he said, in, "He's in preparation on a film currently called Birds of Prey. It's probably going to have a different title." And he said, "It's with Warner Brothers director Kathy Ann. Mentioned that she had directed Dead Pigs. Said is excited. Uh, he says it's the superhero genre, but this time it's in the DC universe, not the Marvel universe, because of course he did Iron Man one and two, and then Venom for um, the Sony side of things. And he said, uh, you know, Margot Robbie set the star. He's excited for that. Uh, he says it has it's, it's a little bit of an origin story, so it makes it intriguing. And it's it's but he said it's very early though, uh, so early discussions. So it sounds at least at least his part of this he's not like they're not really deep into the pre-production side of it that would affect him. Right. Yeah. So we'll 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 see. Um, there was also interesting a little. I don't know where they're to call this. I mean, of course, everyone wants to throw the word confirmed around, but uh, Michael Rooker, who, you know, people know from the first season of Walking Dead, and uh, also f- he was Yondu in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, uh, coincidentally from Jasper, Alabama. Uh, yes, local boy. Okay. And uh, he was at a Walker Stalker Con, which is in Atlanta, and he was talking, he was giving his opinions about the Disney firing James Gunn, and the, the part that really kind of connects to us is that he said this quote it's terrible isn't it yeah but oh well guess what he's on a gig already Suicide Squad that's right he's writing it and directing it as well so this was just like when we were left with the news when, we, when it was confirmed that he was writing it it was we were left with the possibility of directing it and Michael Rooker's coming flat out and saying yes he's directing it so whether that's something he knows assumes like where that comes from but I'm sure Rooker is really tight with Gunn, so um, he might. I would think he'd be speaking from having some inside information on this. So I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. So it's it's a uh, it's presumption right now based on some secondhand word from somebody that you know we just don't know if if they're speaking with facts or they're speaking with assumptions. We just don't know. Either way, um, if it is true, uh, the next question is going to be okay. So what is James Gunn going to do? What is his vision going to be? You know, that's you know until I make my decision about how I feel about him directing this thing i need to find out like what's the plan gonna be exactly and that's it for our movie news like i said really (laughs) light week but dang are we about ready to hit you with a whole bunch of tv stuff yeah um i i have got to say the more i see from this elseworlds crossover from the cw (laughs) i know i went from excited to what the heck to now i'm kind of excited again yeah but entertainment weekly released a exclusive first look of the monitor (laughs) in makeup and costume you sure that's not from Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's not George Perez. You would think. My God, is that... (laughs) I don't know what CW did, but all of 
a sudden, in this one crossover, they have, like, upped their costume game like I don't believe. I mean, we've, we've, I'm not sure if we've been critical on air about some of the CW costume choices. We've definitely discussed, but we've definitely been um, a whole lot more complimentary towards other DC shows on other networks, particularly Krypton. But after seeing that Batwoman costume, and now this, there's no other way to say it, but freaking comic accurate monitor costume for this Elseworlds crossover, it's like somebody's getting, somebody's asking for a pay raise. That's all <laughs> I gotta say. Because someone's doing their job finally. It's just like, I never would have expected that I would see the monitor appear in basically in the Arrowverse. I'm just like, for one, I'm, 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 I'm super kind of excited to see this thing now because like just, this is almost like a dream come true seeing like Crisis being played out or at least some of the characters in Crisis. But yeah. at the same, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I would have rather have seen us in the films, you know, but at the same time, like, and I always kind of go back to this thing. I, I always like the idea of a prototype or at least getting the characters out there so that you kind of get the general audience or semi-general audience have a chance to kind of get, get an idea who some of these characters are. And then hopefully someday we'll see it play out. Because you even see a planet exploding in the background. Yes. It's like, oh, that is so crisis. Yeah. Oh. And and even so much that Marv Wolfman, the co-creator of The Monitor, uh, got in on the action. He sent out a tweet saying, on Halloween, of all the characters I've co-created over the years, I never, ever expected The Monitor would not only make it to TV, but to be done so perfectly. Wow, I am brain boggled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so are we all, Marv. So are we all. Yeah. Uh, this is this is amazing looking. Um, you know, I don't know. When it comes to CW shows, like, I kind of set the bar a little bit lower, quite honestly. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yes. I think you have to. Does, you know, at the same time, it, because it, it, it doesn't have the ultra seriousness that um, that I've enjoyed from the DC films, um, you know, but it's but it's it's more comic booky, and I, I think it's going to be fun to watch this thing. Yeah, and apparently uh, just adding on to the crisis nature of this Elseworlds crossover, um, Newsarama is reporting that the actor Bob Frazier has been cast as Psycho Pirate for the Elseworlds crossover, who uh, played a giant part in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes. <laughs> so it's so weird. It's like, was this Elseworlds? Is this Crisis? What? What is this crossover? Yeah, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. That's why so, it's so intriguing. That's why it's, I'm a little like, uh, it's only three episodes. It's only a three episode crossover. I know, I know. Or or maybe, maybe it like, maybe this is just like the first shot, you know, like maybe this leads into something much bigger. Because I mean, of course we know all the way back from um, the first episode of Flash. I mean, we see an image of, you know, Barry and they talk about crisis in the year, you probably remember better. Like 2024. 2024, right? So who knows, you know, this just could be setting up, you know, like where they're hoping that this will eventually go in this, in this universe. Yeah. Um, one last little bit of uh, Arrowverse-related news. Uh, it has been confirmed that Jesse L. Martin, who of course plays Detective Joe West on The Flash, will be taking a medical leave of absence from the show. Uh, I was glad to see the story because I've been kind of concerned about Jesse uh, watching the the early episodes of The Flash. I, I know that you're terribly behind, but every scene he's been in, he's been sitting. Yeah. And it, it got to the point that it was like he was sitting and he wasn't moving. And it's now being reported that he did suffer a back injury during the hiatus and he's all his scenes have been sitting or or, or standing leaning against something yeah and now uh he's going to they're gonna they're gonna explain his absence from the show like they're basically gonna write him off for a period of time uh so that he can go and get better because it 
there was all there was a whole lot of us fans in, on Facebook groups and Reddit who like there were entire threads dedicated to is something wrong with Jesse? Mm. He doesn't look so hot. Yeah. Okay. So I was glad to know that, he, that there is an explanation and that he is going to try to go get better. Okay. So that was that was encouraging. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of interesting because like what's the what's the delay from when like he's making his decision now to when you'd actually see him missing from the show? Uh, that I do not know because I just don't know how far out in front they are with filming some of this. Well, I know that they've been filming the crossover, and that's going yeah. to be early like December seven, yeah, seven or eight, somewhere in there. Uh, no, it's actually this year. It's episode nine. Is it nine? Okay. It's traditionally been episode eight, but I think they pushed it back to episode nine because episode eight this year, the Flash is its one hundredth episode. Uh, yeah. And if they do episode nine, that also means that the mid-season break is going to be the crossover. Like the crossover will be the last thing we see before shows don't come back till like January or February. Oh, is Barry going to initiate a crisis again? Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, speaking of January, uh, we have finally gotten a premiere date for Gotham season five, the fifth yeah. and final season, uh, January 3rd, 2019. A- and we've heard that they've expanded. Originally, we were told it was going to be a 10 episode order. It's been expanded to a 12 episode order for the fifth and final season, which will put Gotham series wise at episode 100, which means it hits that magical syndication mark. Okay. Is that really a magical syndication? mark? Yes. Every uh, it's just known that 100 episodes if you can get to 100 episodes like that's the number everyone wants to get for syndication they want 100 episodes so they ex- they made the season two episodes longer and that makes them 100 episodes I, I just wonder is this going to be syndicated or is this going to be something that DC Universe is going to try to take control over or if they're able to like I, th- this might still be something that Fox has a stake in that's good question yeah just don't know that, yeah. I just don't know okay uh, so that was, you know, that was that news. And then and then everything else is like we're getting into like some cool DC Universe news, including, spoiler alert, our review of episode four of Titans. Yes. But let's talk about the news first and then we can get to our review. Uh, there has been new casting for Stargirl. Uh, the actress uh, Angelica Washington has been cast in the show, even though we're not really being told what her character is yet. It's just that uh, she's been on shows like Shameless and Young Sheldon, and she's just been joining the cast. That's all the new story would say. My first thought, um, just thinking of who you know who she might be playing, would be Red Tornado, like like the the Mama Red Tornado. Ah, okay. Uh, Ma Hunkle, I think. Is... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. From from like the Golden Age JSA, right? And maybe not her, but maybe her daughter. Or her niece. Okay. I can't remember what the relationship was, but well, I don't. It depends, though, because it really the quote from Jeff Johns says um, describes Washington as a bright, funny, and unbelievable talented actor, and I'm thrilled to have her join the cast alongside Breck. We're withholding the character she's playing for now, but it'll be one familiar to DC Comics fans. Okay, so um, I'm like I said, I am so ignorant of Star Girl and particularly Jeff Johns' uh, run on JSA. I got the omnibuses over. The the summer so I can read his run so I, I don't I don't have enough comics knowledge of the JSA to even guess who she could be playing yeah okay um, a little bit of casting for Swamp Thing uh, Virginia Madsen has been cast as the character Maria Sunderland who was like a magazine uh, magnate I believe we talked about that character who's an Abby Arcane friend who uh, is going to be a reporter and I do believe that when we reported that story she's a reporter for 
for this character's magazine. Okay. So I, I know Virginia Madsen from, you know, tons, I mean, more movies than I can like name, yeah. but, so, yeah. but, but once again, it's just kind of cool seeing them getting, they're getting names mm-hmm. and yeah, that's, definitely. that's, that's just kind of awesome. So I'm, I'm ready for the Swamp Thing show. This Swamp oh, yeah. Thing show, you know, it has my attention. Yeah, no doubt. Um, agree on it. Uh, so, and then I think the last thing we're getting here is we have a Reign of the Superman release date. It's going to come out on digital January 15th, and then it's going to actually come out on Blu-ray and 4K on January 29th. And the great thing about this is, though, they're actually going to be doing a Fathom event, and they're going to present both films back-to-back. So we're talking about The Death of Superman, which is already out, and then Reign of Superman. And so that's going to be on January 13th and 14th at theaters across the country. I think I'm going to try to make that. I'm going to try to make that, too, because it's Sunday, January 13th at 12.55 p.m., and then Monday at 8. So you basically you get a matinee on Sunday or uh, a evening showing on Monday and the tickets are already on sale. It's a double feature that will run about 2 hours and 45 minutes, but they said that the ticket price would be the same as if basically you're getting two movies for the price of what you would charge what they would charge for one. Yeah. So like when we went and saw Killing Joke or Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders and we paid the ticket price and we it, for like a 70 75 minute movie, we're getting 2 hours and 45 minutes for the same price. Yeah. No, it sounds like a good deal. Yeah, so yeah, two hours and 45 minutes total runtime. Is that is that what it is for both films, or is there something in between? I guess that is for both films, right? I'm sure it's for both films, yeah. plus probably they usually do like one of the featurettes that will end up like on the Blu-ray release or something. Right. So there'll be like a little intro thing, and then there'll be a little documentary at the end that you'll be able to see on the home release. But but yeah, but a majority of that is the two movies back-to-back. And then probably the last thing we'll talk about here before we get into our review, Teen Titans Go is teasing something. We don't know what it is. Have, have you seen this teaser yet? Uh, no, I have not seen this teaser. Uh, well, I know about the teaser that was it, like, that was like the mid-credit scene in Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Right. But uh, I have not seen anything else since, so do tell. So uh, why don't you go ahead and watch it? So we really just sort of stopped for me to watch this little video that Tim <laughs> was talking about. Yeah. Uh, it, it And it's teasing a Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I did like the fact that you had um, Carrie Payton as Cyborg at the end going, <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> So, like, talk about, okay, so we're talking about the last two animated versions of the Teen Titans. So we have yes. the one that's running right now. That Teen Titans a, Go. Teen Titans Go, which actually just put out a, a feature film, which was quite funny. Um, but there was there's a strong uh, following for the previous version of Teen Titans, which was a much more serious take. And Oh, yeah, it was a very, it was very much more in line with, like, new Teen Titans. Like, yeah. they did Judas Contract. Yeah. They did Terror of Trigon. Like, it went, it went five seasons. It had a direct video movie and it ended on a cliffhanger yeah. because I've actually never finished the fifth and final season. I've oh, seen okay. yeah, I haven't I've seen the first four seasons and I started the fifth season but life, you know, yeah, yeah, life for dot, sure. dot, dot, dot. For sure. So this is kind of intriguing. I mean, this was teased at the end of uh, Teen Titans Go to the movies at the, it was a mid-credit scene and yeah. it showed the, uh, I would say, I, I kind of want to say the original Teen Titans, we'll say the original animated Teen Titans coming back. Yeah, and he says, we, f- we think we found a way back. Yeah. And so I wonder 
wonder if this, this is speculation, speculation. Uh, my speculation is that probably it's going to be like some uh, event on Cartoon Network where mm. they, they probably do a crossover between the two shows, yeah. which is funny because it's the same voices. Like the voices have not changed. <laughs> well, some of them have changed, right? No, no. It's this, it's all the same actors. Are they all the exact same? They're all the exact. That's the point. It's okay. always been the exact same actors. Okay. I thought there was somebody that changed, but no, okay. it's, it, it's the exact same actors for both cat for both shows the difference is tone and animation style but it's still scott minville and greg cribes and tara strong and carrie payton and and hayden welch it's all the same actors okay and um so that's this is this could be interesting i mean they've done that a lot with teen titans go they've made they've made self-deprecating jokes about right. themselves yeah. they even have an entire episode of teen titans go where they use an episode of teen titans but redub all the dialogue <laughs> yeah i remember seeing that it was like the cape yeah okay and i'm hoping that this does mean that the original teen titan show maybe comes back for a sixth season that would be fun yeah because it would be interesting having both shows running at the same time yeah because i don't i'm not one of those people who wants teen titans go to go away i find this show incredibly funny actually and i love watching it and i love watching it with my five-year-old my five-year-old probably wouldn't wouldn't sit through teen titans and enjoy it oh no not at all i've tried i've tried with my kids you've tried okay i've tried they they go i don't want to watch that old one i want to watch teen titans go oh yeah they know the difference <laughs> yes and because teen titans is you know much more you know it was much more serious with a few you know funny episodes in it yeah and then but teen titans go is just like i laugh no, it's, it's a great it's a great like a, a kind of like a, a gateway into you know it is a gateway it's a gateway show yeah yes. it's, it's a great gateway show for the kids you know, th- that i definitely enjoy as well <laughs> yes uh oh i do want to say one random thing especially since i've been kind of on a constant team kick the past couple of weeks uh free comic book day they're yep. having uh previews is doing an exclusive john constantine funko pop that you will only be able to get on free comic book day yeah but if you have some online retailers i, have I was gonna say I, I i was i was gonna set this up i go hey scott you want to want me to do a magic trick want me <laughs> you want me to make you lose 15 dollars right away oh no no sorry i've already done i've already pulled that <laughs> trick on myself oh <laughs> uh, yeah I, I figured you probably would have yeah that's why i threw it in there i'm like yeah this guy will definitely want to pick this one up oh definitely okay all right so that's the news for the week so now we're hitting our spoiler wall where we are about to give our review of this week's episode of titans episode 104 doom patrol yes so be warned we're about to spoil doom patrol a live action doom patrol i can't i can't believe we're actually seeing it i know right um overall thoughts about this episode it felt I loved the depiction of the Doom Patrol. It does get me excited for their series. But it felt like that this show, that the Titan story came to a grinding halt for <laughs> this episode. Yeah. And that's my one major criticism of the episode is the story of Titan Stop for a really awesome bottle episode about the Doom Patrol. Yeah. That's my, those, those are my high level thoughts about it. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much mine as well. But I, I will say this when it comes to kind of establishing the background for Gar- Garfield Logan. I very much appreciate the fact that they did not abandon the, you know, the historical part about, you know, basically that's where Beast Boy first came from was in the Doom Patrol, in the comics. Was Doom Patrol, yeah. Yeah, yeah before he became Changeling in the Teen Titans. I mean, 
that's where that's where the character originated. And I'm really glad that they are adding and maintaining it as part of the lore. Like that was a lot of fun to see. Um, seeing Negative Man and Robot Man was 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 actually a ton of fun. Um, Elastic Girl in a pretty accurate, you know, like depiction of the costume. I was surprised because we didn't find out about the voice actors being ca- like Brendan Fraser and Matt Bomer being cast until they were talking about their casting for the Doom Patrol series. But I don't, there was definitely different physical actors cast for the Titans episode than are being cast for the Doom Patrol series. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think that Brendan Fraser and Matt Bomer had already been cast in time for the Titans episode. So I've kind of speculated that once they get cast for the Doom Patrol episode, since it's all voiceover work, that I'm wondering if they went back and did a little ADR yeah. and put their voices in. Because there was like that one shot of, of uh, Cliff looking at a picture that obviously could have been done as an insert to show Brendan Fraser as, as Cliff in the pictures. Yeah. And then that really only leaves, I don't know if that's the same actress who's going to be playing Elastigirl in the Doom Patrol series, but we know that Chief's getting recast by t- as Timothy Dalton. Right. So I was kind of interesting th- that my speculation is that they went back and at least kept continuity with the voices for Negative Man and Robot Man. And then, of course, we'll just have the actor changes for at least one, if not two roles by the time we get to the Doom Patrol series. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely surprised by that. Um, so, that, But that was that was cool to actually see that, that they were able to kind of make that adjustment. I kind of feel bad for whatever voice actors originally probably filmed that because they were probably like, oh, look, we're going to finally get to you know hear my debut. And then like they got overwritten is my guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's Hollywood. That's Hollywood. Welcome. <laughs> Uh, it, like I said, it was a it, it was a fun episode for the Doom Patrol, and I loved all the characters. I loved their quirky personalities. I thought it played really well. Uh, like I said, my biggest critique of the episode was that it felt like it didn't belong in this. Sh- well, I would say it didn't feel like it belonged to the show. It felt like it belonged in the world of this show. Mm-hmm. But as an but with, when we've had three episodes so far that have been an arc, it definitely felt like they took an exit off the freeway to tell this story and then by the next episode we're going to get back on the freeway because it when you looked at the next on titans it's yeah they're they're right back into the season-long story I, I guess this episode did serve a purpose in that it brings Beast Boy in with the group because he has to leave the Doom Patrol to become a member of the Titans. But just store, except but except for that, story-wise, it really didn't feel like it jived with the last three episodes and the way they've gone. Yeah, it's not like you know what you see with some of these you know um, shorter season or shorter uh, episode count seasons that we have in a lot of these shows. You typically don't get these things that feel like filler episodes. This one kind of felt like a filler. Uh, but at the same time, I'm glad they at least did um, use it to, you know, for one, give the backstory to Garfield Logan. Also, to like you said, bring him in where he actually got to interact with Rachel. And so that part was kind of nice to see. But I, I was wanting to see more of the Starfire and, you know, I want to see more of Dick Grayson. You know, I, I like wanted to see more of that story being played out. And so it, it, that's the one part that kind of stunk about this is like, OK, I, as much as I enjoyed seeing Doom Patrol, I was like, oh, but I, I, I don't want to lose any momentum on the other part. Yeah. Now, taking that criticism aside, because really, if, if we're going to talk about my criticism of this episode, that is, that, I mean, that, that says it in a nutshell. So there's not really much more to say than that. No. I would just be repeating that over and over again. Yeah. If we're talking about the depictions of the different Doom Patrol members, uh, I loved Robot Man. <laughs> I thought their way of subtly, you know, they didn't hang a lantern on a whole lot, but his his desire for any kind of physical sen- 
compensation. The mm-hmm. fact that he couldn't eat all that delicious food that, my God, made me hungry. <laughs> I just wanted to eat all of that. Uh, not the way Elastigirl did. That was gross. No. <laughs> that was an interesting thing, by the way, that dinner. Because I remember when they, they first sat down for dinner, I'm like, well, how's Robot Man going to eat? He's not going to be able to eat. And Negative Man, like, he's not going to be able to eat because he's wrapped up in bandages. It was just kind and, of an interesting take. <laughs> exactly. I know I have not gotten around to reading either the Silver Age Doom Patrol or the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol. I, the one character that kind of surprised me the most was the characterization of Negative Man. Is that fairly comic accurate? I like, I, I don't know enough about Negative Man. I thought it was an interesting, quirky character, but I had no point of reference for how comic accurate that depiction was. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I don't remember Grant Morrison, how his approach was with Negative Man. Um, I, I just kind of remember the more uh, the Silver Age Negative Man and just being kind of straightforward, nothing really like extraordinary about the characterization of him. So okay. I don't know. So I I was kind of thinking the same thing because I was a little surprised at some of the characterization in this episode. And I was like, well, is that really how he's been depicted as of late? And I just don't know. I did love watching him cook, though. That yeah. was that was that was an entertaining scene right there. Uh, he's going to be a fun character. They're all going to be fun characters. Like I said, I'm looking forward to this Doom Patrol show. Mm-hmm. Like these were very fun characters. And of course, they're going to add in Crazy Jane by the time yeah. they get to their own series. Uh, I was curious that they went mad scientist and very nefarious with Cheap. I know that's not the way he was probably in the Silver Age books, but I but that felt very Grant Morrissey to me. I could see that being more from that era of he really did help all these people out, but he's also not a terribly nice guy. I was very curious about that. Like I never trusted him, especially the way everyone was so scared of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I knew this was not going to end well. Yeah, 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 definitely. And it's been so long since I've read that Grant Morrison series, so I just do I just really don't remember. Um but yeah, I'm intrigued. I, I think it was a I think it was a pretty good backdoor pilot for the Doom Patrol series. No, oh, absolutely. If you look at it as a backdoor pilot, well done. Just maybe not the best episode in a thirteen episode order uh, well, twelve episode order season of a very arc driven show. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, any anything else that you wanted to comment on? I I liked. I did like the little bit of, of Starfire and Dick. We did get in the episode. Yeah. Dick going. You know, Dick goes dark and like beats that guy. I totally when he was beating on the guy and the and the uh, the kid walked in. I totally had that image from uh, Death in the Family, like when Batman's beating on. There was there was one of those Batman stories where like Batman's beating. On a guy and that's like when Robin tries to tell him you've gone too far it, no, it, was an, it was old wounds it was an episode of Batman the Animated Series where Batman's like pounding on the guy you know and that's part of Dick's decision to leave seeing Dick do that so it was really great for Dick to have this oh my god I'm turning into Batman moment and I thought that was I thought that was really well done and Starfire looking at him like didn't know you had it in you <laughs> yeah no I, um, I, it looks like uh, for sure we're gonna hit, see a heck of a lot more between those two characters in the next episode based on the preview. Oh, absolutely based on the preview. And and the preview is called Together. So it really is the sense of this is when they start trying to become a team in the next episode. Yeah. So it's it's been it's been a fun ride so far. I've definitely enjoyed it. I, and be, having a chance for this to really kind of play out, like how all these characters kind of are coming together is is I'm really glad they're getting a chance to do that. Because normally you would just see them like all kind of thrown together and you don't get this foundation being built. I mean, there's going to be a lot of stories 
stories that they're going to be able to play on based on all the stuff they're establishing now. And I'm still surprised, man, the nuclear family is not going away. No. They're, they're, <laughs> they're back in the next I'm, I am looking forward to meeting the new nuclear dad. Yeah. And maybe getting an explanation of what they are. Like, we, we're still getting that great slow burn of what are they exactly? Right. And I, and I feel like we're going to get, based on some of the clips in the next episode preview, I think we're actually going to finally get an explanation of who the nuclear family are in this interpretation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I have a gripe about DC Universe, though. Okay. Okay. Did you know that there's a limit on the number of times you can download these shows? Uh, no, because I've never downloaded them. I don't yeah. download them. Yeah, so so here's the deal. So, like, I have I downloaded each of the shows um, for Titans on Friday so that I'm able to watch it at work, you know, during my lunch hour, and then um, so that I can at least be prepared for our Friday night recording. And apparently, you can only download it once a year, or there might be a second time. But the so that's the thing. So, like, it once you try to download it says you've ex- you've uh, already downloaded your limit this year of, of like an individual episode yeah of an individual episode so like and the reason i want to download it like even when i'm at home is because when i go to watch these things sometimes if my bandwidth is not good enough it'll it'll get blocky and it doesn't stream so like i would rather just download it and then watch it because that way i don't have to worry about like it having to make compromises on the quality you know so that i can stream it and so i i wanted to go back and watch one of these episodes and it wouldn't let me download it so i had to stream it and of course i get the you know the the bad quality because you know whatever my bandwidth is not high enough and so i couldn't get like the real high quality streaming so that was pretty frustrating to me well you know what the solution to that is get better internet i mean that's 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 your fault i don't have better internet option here <laughs> so well that's that sucks for, sucks to be you i know but that's why that's why i'm surprised like really they have a limit on it and then not only that like i so i downloaded this fourth episode and it says you have 48 hours to watch it before it's going to be deleted well you gotta think though in an era of pirating that's kind of smart it's kind of business smart is it yeah i mean that way that you know you you don't have enough time to just hang around i'm as as someone who doesn't download this stuff because it's streaming i you know i i i wouldn't have even have thought to do that to even for this to even be a problem for me yeah no i mean i download shows all the time um well i never i i just i stream them yeah it's why it's tim i I hate to break this to you but that's why it's called a streaming service yeah but i can't put that out there yeah when i'm at home i can stream but if i'm trying to if i'm trying to listen to it on the way to work you know i i listen to shows all the time you know i just let it run in the background and i listen to it and so like i can't you know so like i can't do that with this so yeah i i think that's i think it's one of those that that that, that's a you problem it is i'm sorry it's you bro so uh but if you want to if you want to send us go to support.dcuniverse.com and register your complaint you know they'll get back to you in about an hour you can see what they have to say about it <laughs> that's right i'm sure they have a business decision well behind us and i'm just gonna live with it yeah exactly i do have one report that, that i think they have finally worked out the bugs on the apple tv app okay so i can actually watch it on the big tv now i can finally watch it on the big tv it did not for the first and i'll say this for the first time in th- this is week three this is the first time in three weeks that like the day that a titans episode drops that the app wouldn't crash on me okay. so i think they have finally fixed that and i'm very happy and like i said their support has been very responsive when i've emailed their problems and they knew something was happening but i think they finally took care of it so thank you dc universe thank you for taking care of business all right okay well i think that's it for this week's podcast uh what do you think scott i think that's I enough th- i think that's all we got <laughs> that's about all we got yeah uh, so we want to thank you guys for listening um it's been a lot of fun we'd love to hear from you please reach out to us you can contact us on twitter at suicide squadcast you can contact me on twitter at alan fire you can 
can reach me at scottdc27, and you can email the show at suicidesquadcast at gmail.com. We love interacting with fans, so please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can also find us on Vero, Facebook, and suicidesquadcast.com. That's our website where you can find the entire network. Yep. And then, of course, if you'd like to support us or the show and uh, in the network, you could always go to patreon.com slash squadcastmedia. All right. That's it. And to all of our listeners, we would like to tell you, please go out and keep reading some DC. Bye, guys. I mean, seriously, Scott, like life is just like it really sucks right now. I can't even sit there and download this episode more than one time because I only have like so much room on my phone. Right. So like I'll download an episode, then I'll delete it, then I'll download the next one. And then if I want to go back and watch it again, I got I want to download it again and it won't let me do it. Like, what the heck? It's called a streaming service. Optimal word being streaming. Just, just <laughs> putting that out there. <laughs> it's not called uh, the DC download universe. No, no, it's not. It's not called that. OK, but. Uh, um, I mean, if if you have a if you have a serious enough gripe, I, like I said, I would contact support. You might even want to send them a message. Mm, yeah, I, I think you got a point there. I, I do have a message that I would like to send the DC universe. I think we're blowing up the fact that you can't download the episodes more than one. I think I think you just set up your own explosive <laughs> ending right there. I think so. Um, but I mean, I just got done griping about it. It wouldn't be the first time that we've blown something up that we just griped about. Okay. I mean, seriously, Scott. <clears throat> clear my throat first. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Let's not cough on the yeah. cough and melt the explosive ending. Let's not cough my way through it.